Hi, I'm Ben Thompson, doctor of audiology. This is a podcast to help you with tinnitus, hearing loss, or hearing aid technology. Let's get ahead with today's episode. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Ben Thompson, and I'm here to discuss telemedicine support, hearing aid barriers to entry, cost of hearing aids, online hearing tests, and more with Doug Breaker. Doug, please introduce yourself. Hi, everybody. My name is Doug Breaker. I am CEO of MD Hearing Aid. And Doug, how did you get in the hearing space? I know you told me before we started that you have a family member who has a hearing condition. Would you like to explain that more? Yeah, great question. So I am actually reasonably new to the industry. Uh, I started MD Hearing Aid two years ago. The job was super interesting uh, for a few reasons. And and first off, I didn't know anything about the hearing industry before starting, but uh, I've been touched a a few times by by hearing loss. So first, my dad, about 20 years ago, went to the doctor because his ear was foggy. And it turned out uh, he had a tumor on his auditory nerve. Uh, So he got that taken care of, but he lost hearing in one ear as a result. So I've seen him deal with uh, complete loss in one ear for, for 20 years now. The second place it's touched me is my father-in-law. About 10 years ago, we really noticed the TV getting loud, uh, like deafening loud. Uh, and then luckily he got hearing aids. But right as I was interviewing for MD hearing aid, he went to the hospital for a procedure and then ended up losing a hearing aid. So uh, was out, uh, I think, the $1,000 replacement fee uh, that it cost. So yeah, that's what that's what brought me here, uh, and it's been a it's been a fun ride since. Most of us have someone in our family who we suspect has hearing decline or already wears hearing aids. Part of what our message here is to explain is that you know, hearing technology is not something that's only for old people, and in fact, as technology gets better and better, the hearing aids get more sophisticated less noticeable if that's something someone cares about and have more connectivity to modern devices. Uh, Another important aspect of modern hearing care is the options for telemedicine support. This is something that I care about and I spend a lot of time thinking about telehealth. How are we utilizing technology to improve our health while having convenience so the patient doesn't have to travel and they can have uh, quicker appointments. Doug, you're relatively new to our industry. And uh, as we've spoken, you've put a lot of time and energy into understanding telemedicine. What is your take on it? Where do you see it going for our industry for hearing care? Yeah, awesome question. So we are all in on telemedicine. We're a huge believer in it. We've been around 12 years now and you know, sold hearing aids to over 500,000 people. And just in the last few years, the telemedicine capabilities you know, have really come a long way. So we offer a couple of things and I'll talk about those. And then we're working on a few more. So we have a, a phone-based screening test, so a speech and noise test that with a woman saying numbers and background noise. That test actually was first developed in Europe, in the Netherlands, and then is now in a bunch of European countries. It's an extremely cost-effective way of, of testing a lot of people in a really simple way. We also have our online test. So if, if you go to our website uh, and uh, it's right in the header, you can take our online test. Um, that's a really good way to, you know, it's not it's not a calibrated test, but it's a, it's a good approximation of if you have hearing loss. Uh, we actually will send out free uh, free headphones to people um, if they don't have headphones and they want to take that test. One thing we developed this year is a... Uh, a video solution where our audiologists and hearing aid specialists can onboard people 
with over video with closed captioning. So um, obviously we're dealing with hard of hearing people and uh, we think that the closed captioning really helps uh, as you know, the, the audiologist is demonstrating how to put in the aids and adjust them and everything else that they can see. And then it also read the words. It's, it's really, really helpful. And some more other things that we're looking at uh, are more calibrated tests, you know, remotely. And that would involve us shipping calibrated headphones and doing some other stuff. But uh, obviously we're a huge believer in it and we're going to keep, keep going after it. In fact, Zoom, the popular video conferencing software added a live transcription, live captioning feature as well. So for those who are listening who may need that, that's accessible. Or if your family needs that, that's accessible. And that's been a big plus as well. So when we think of telemedicine for hearing, there's the testing component. How are we accurately diagnosing or testing or screening the hearing? And like you said, any online hearing screening or hearing test, it is a screening. It's not a diagnostic test. And if there's, in fact, any degree of loss of hearing, every audiologist should advise or recommend, hey, let's consider a full diagnostic test just to make sure everything confirms our online hearing screening. That said, with the market of individuals who need help with hearing loss, having online screening tools should be utilized more and more and more. What have you guys seen for the the uptake or the the acceptance of the online screening on your site? How many people or what kind of people are completing it? Yeah, it's we launched it, I don't know, a year and a half ago. And it's been fascinating to see. So we get over 100 tests per day of people coming in just to the site and taking it. And originally when we launched it, we thought, oh, everybody's going to, you know, be, be pre-purchased. So, you know, they're just want to see if they have hearing loss or not. And what we've found is that a lot of people will, will buy um, and then take the test, which is which caught us by a surprise a little bit. But it makes sense too. They know they have hearing loss. Perhaps they, they already are a hearing aid wearer um, and they want to see what their latest hearing loss is. So then they'll take it. It's actually really helpful for us because then it lets our you know hearing aid professionals, the audiologists and hearing aid specialists do a much better onboarding. If they know the loss, they can see it. People can send us audiograms too, but yeah, it's been it's been you know a popular feature of the site and uh, something that we're going to keep pushing. And now, just to expand on this a little bit more, now there's technology available. Uh, for example, one popular group or one global group, HearX, they have this system of okay, we can send calibrated headphones to do a hearing test at someone's home. Mm-hmm. Now we're getting closer to you don't have to go into the clinic to have a diagnosis of your hearing loss. So that's different than the online test because of the calibration component, the headphones I'm using or the uh, AirPods someone might be using Mm -hmm. aren't necessarily, and well, they're not calibrated to the standards for hearing, whereas calibrated headphones that you would ship to the customer's house would be. Who, from, from what you guys have looked into this, who do you think would be best fit for that And uh, what is your interest in this? Yeah, so actually for years now, we've had a calibrated, can't call it a hearing test, but a hearing screening profile, let's call it, in our core hearing aids in our app. So because the sound's being emitted by the the aid itself, it's calibrated. We know exactly what uh, frequency and what volume it's at. And that'll create an audiogram, which will then uh, custom fit the aid to that that audiogram. So we've been doing this for years. And we're going to continue to invest in it, not just in the in the aids themselves, but also in, in headphones too. So uh, we've been working super hard on, on the hearing test and, and 
our apps and the and some chip work. And so our end goal is to say, hey, great, you want to do a, a hearing screening test in your home? Great, we'll, we'll send you calibrated headphones because we know exactly what what you know decibel level and what frequency. Uh, we're testing at. And if you're, you know, the vast majority of people have age-related loss. And if you don't show any symptoms that would indicate another medical issue, great. That, that's probably a, a pretty valid thing there. If we see any sort of other medical issue, obviously we're going to refer out to, to an in-person doctor. But we think, you know, that is, that can reach a lot more people than requiring everybody to, to make an appointment and go into an office. And that's really the goal, right? We want to, we want to hope, help as many people as we can. And whether it's a phone test or, you know, an online test or a calibrated at-home test, we want to make it as simple as and as easy as possible for people uh, to check their hearing. Because trying to think of the latest that only a third of, of you know, uh, people with hearing loss in, in the U.S. have it, have hearing aids. And that's, you know, that's too low. So we want to make that that number, you know, a bit better. And for you guys who already have the systems in place for the fulfillment and the shipping, adding the hearing test component isn't that complex, right? No. And, and I forgot to mention in our, in our core devices now, our audiologists can actually remote fit. So if, if somebody says, hey, I'm having trouble hearing in this environment or uh, the lower frequencies are coming you know, through too high, they can actually look at the, the hearing aid settings in our, in our back office tools, make an adjustment send it down to the person's app on their phone. The next time the person connects to their hearing aids, they get an updated profile. So we've had that capability for years and now you know, we're, we're excited to keep building it and start doing more on the kind of the in-home calibrated testing front and basically doing anything we can just to, to help people you know, get their hearing screen, understand where their, their loss is if they have it and then get the help that they need. I believe that the decision makers, those of us who are at companies who are pushing these projects forward will look back and be very happy we did because I, even already we I have conversations with smart people who say, well, why can't I just have you plug into my hearing aids and change it? I say, yeah. well, you already went to that clinic. Those type of hearing aids can only be remote adjusted by your audiologist. Oh, it's not even in the standard process for most audiologists to even explain that and, and set it up. So there's yeah. all these barriers along the way. And certainly it, when those open up, it's one part of it. But then there has to be decision makers at companies who actually make it part of the process. Uh, yeah. So uh, excited for the future there. Uh, another topic here which we wanted to cover which we mentioned earlier, is uh, some barriers to entry with hearing aids. Tell us about what you've seen in terms of cost and accessibility for hearing aids. Yeah, I had mentioned before, I'm, I'm new to the industry. Uh, prior, to, prior to this, I was doing software and, and a bunch of other stuff. But what struck me about the industry is that it's just not set up well to treat people for hearing loss. And what I mean by that is insurance, most notably Medicare, does not cover hearing aids at all. They'll cover hearing tests, but they don't cover hearing aids. Uh, Medicare Advantage plans, you know, 70% have some coverage, but the coverage is usually not great. You're still out of pocket, you know, over a thousand bucks in most times. So, you know, people, it, it's a cash buy and the average price, you know, the latest numbers from the White House are $5,000 a pair. Uh, that's a huge amount of money. Um, but it's, if you look at the, the clinics, the clinics on average pay, I think, 776 per device wholesale. So that's over $1,500 a pair and they, and they have rent and they have salaries and they go to make money too. So the, the whole structure of hearing healthcare isn't optimal to, to get the most 
help to the most people. And so, you know, we really want to help there. We, we offer extremely affordable hearing aids. We want to pair that with, with expert audiological care um, when we can help. So we help uh, mild to moderate and you know, age-related loss. And we don't want to we don't do anything with kids. We don't do anything with any medical issues. We throw all that out. So, yeah, it's a shame because only, like we talked about before, a third of people that need hearing aids in the U.S. have them. And, you know, I'm all in favor of whatever <laughs> makes that number higher. But it's it's an interesting, weird little niche of the healthcare world uh, that we live in. And what's your pulse on the over-the-counter element to this? And how does that affect your company? Yeah, it's hard to say for a couple of reasons. One, I'll say we've been in business for 12 years. So we've, we've served a lot of people. Um, we're going to continue to do what we do. Just buying a, a hearing aid at like a Walgreens without any of the support, without any of the onboarding, I don't know if that's going to work. You know, one thing that's really struck me as I've, I've come up to speed in this industry is the importance of audiologists and the importance of hearing aid specialists and the importance of like the medical side of it. And if people have gone eight years, 10 years, whatever the average is with hearing loss before they get hearing aids, you know, that's, it's not like putting on glasses. It's an adjustment to start hearing birds chirping again, or people laughing or, you know, whatever the sounds. So we are, you know, going hundred percent at the support side of it as well. That makes uh, me happy, Doug. It makes me <laughs> think that my graduate studies and student loans were all worth it. No, it's different. It's not, it's not eyeglasses. Like eyeglasses, you put them on and you're like, oh, I can see. It's, it's a true adjustment. And so we, that's our mission, affordable hearing care with, you know, professional support whenever you need it and wherever you need it. And plus the OTC regulations haven't been published yet. When, when Biden gave the announcement, uh, he had a 90 day window. I think that's up in mid November. So we'll see what that, uh, what they say. Even then, it's going to be another year. It is exciting to see some of the bigger brands getting in the space. So, you, you know, Bose launched their uh, $800 pair. Um, I wish they would do more on support, um, but it, you know, they just have normal kind of people support at this point. I saw a rumor yesterday about Apple uh, marketing their uh, AirPods as, as hearing aids. Um, that could just be a rumor. We don't know. But I, I think more investment in the space, more investment in telemedicine can only be a good thing. Again, we worry a lot about the medical side. So hopefully with the OTC stuff, uh, there's good guidelines there and, and the companies that do it offer the support that they should. Yeah. Excellent. I imagine you've studied other parallel telehealth, uh, telemedicine industries. I certainly have as I'm building out my own telehealth system. Mm -hmm. And uh, what are your, what are your points that you've seen? You know, for, for me, some, some interesting components are we have video appointments. We mm -hmm. have asynchronous chat and text communication, and we have phone calls and they all have a place trying to figure out what someone with hearing loss or someone with tinnitus needs in terms of what the technology can provide determines really the workflow and everything. Uh, so what have, what have you gleaned from other parallel industries in telemedicine? Yeah. One interesting one that really made me think about our industry was um, sleep apnea. So a family member works for a company that offers the first at-home sleep apnea test. And it's a little thing that goes on your finger and it connects to an app and it comes in a really nice box and you do the setup and stuff. But it was amazing because I could do it in my house and I didn't have to go to a, a sleep study. I'd done a sleep study before with one of my kiddos who's having uh, trouble sleeping. Uh, but it was amazing because like, I would have never done that. <laughs> If it wasn't, if there was not an at-home option, the devices at home where you can ship them and ship them back, particularly in our industry, that's super exciting uh, because you can do 
I think we can do a lot more calibrated tests and like not legitimate, but like deeper testing at home and reach those people that just can't travel or don't want to travel or don't want to make an appointment and uncover a lot of stuff earlier and get them treated earlier. So that, that was one example. Um, the other one that I really like is uh, there's a company called MD Live, which is a telemedicine company. And then they can do, you know, skincare and colds and flus and, and other stuff. And I had um, actually caught Lyme disease this summer <laughs> randomly, but uh, I thought it was a rash at first. So, you know, I used that telemedicine thing and it was, it was amazing because like, I could get an appointment within an hour and, you know, just be able to talk via video face-to-face and get an appointment in an hour. It saved me weeks of like going in and talking to a doctor. So I'm, I'm just really excited about video, about, you know, at-home devices that we can ship back and forth and the convenience of it, because I forget who said it, but it's basically ease of use equals use. And if we make things really easy for people to get screened, to get tested, to, to address their issue, you know, that that's what we all want, right? Is we want people to hear better and, and avoid depression and dementia and all the other things that come with hearing loss. Yeah. Starting that conversation earlier, rather than waiting, putting it off, explains why increased convenience leads to ease of use leads to on average i would hope more proactive adults more proactive healthcare yeah and yeah in our in our space like you said previously the technology wasn't really even there 5 years ago to be doing zoom calls uh, at scale and from covid the awareness of telemedicine increased so much that i i've, <laughs> I've certainly felt in the last year and a half, really since COVID, it's this this combination of technology, which has been there, plus the social openness to the idea is certainly there with COVID. And we just see that growing and growing. I wanted to ask you, most of our audience here has uh, tinnitus ringing in the ears and some have hearing loss. Any any messages or, or even questions that you have for me about those populations and some things that have been on your mind when you're doing your business development or your focus groups? Yeah. What are you seeing for tinnitus in te- telemedicine? We just haven't dove into tinnitus like deeply as a company yet. So I'd love your perspective on that. And especially with telemedicine, medicine, what, are, what are you seeing? Yeah, there's two components here. One is professional counseling and the second is technology. So in terms of professional counseling, that's what I've been living in for the past you know, year and a half. And the video sessions are so important, so important. Um, we've been experimenting with different structures of are we are we encouraging patients to sign up for many packages of professional counseling sessions or are we using a more monthly subscription model and we've been playing around with that and the subscription model has been working well uh, for for the patient really to use the service as long as they need and we recommend them to stay on for a certain time frame in terms of the world of tinnitus counseling and really the service that is available. My pulse on this is that less than 5% of audiologists are confident to answer majority of the detailed questions that someone with tinnitus has. It's not uncommon for me to hear from patients of, I feel like I know more about tinnitus than my audiologist. Well, in some ways, yes, but in obviously other ways, no, the audiologist knows the the science, knows the diagnosis and knows the hearing aid treatment, whereas the patient's living the experience of it and they've done hours and hours of research on the nuances of it. 
Is what I'm experiencing normal? Is this par for the course or is this something that's clinically significant? That's just a small example of how professional back and forth communication can help alleviate stress and anxiety, which by itself is prolonging tinnitus. So there's, there's so many nuances to that. I'm very passionate about that. In terms of the telehealth component, video consultations, usually 30 minutes, are what we have at interval bases, either uh, just one, just a one-off check-in to ask some questions or every two weeks or every month. And the key factor is how well is the audiologist trained in tinnitus? That's really the key factor. So that's what we're really focused on is the internal training on that. And then in terms of uh, the the the, hear, the technology side, as I said earlier, the technology side of this is that the principle of sound enrichment is key for retraining tinnitus. So the, the brain does not differentiate between, is this white noise coming from a high quality speaker in my home office, hearing aids on my ears, or camping next to a river for the weekend? Yeah. Right? Just the principle is what we're following scientifically, but often hearing aids that are in clinic, usually clinic hearing aids uh, at a hearing clinic that are programmed with sound therapy features are the gold standard option for the sound therapy component long term. And then those would follow the um, the typical, I guess, uh, telehealth trends in terms of hearing aids and if they're shipped to the patient's house or programmed in a clinic. And yeah, we're very close to the pulse on that for tinnitus. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. What, uh, I should know this, but I don't like what, what's the crossover of people that have tinnitus and hearing loss? Is, is there, a, is there a big crossover? Is it not as big as we think? Uh, I don't have, I don't have the specific number on the top of my head. I will say out of those who have hearing loss, about a third of them will say have tinnitus. I know that those who have tinnitus, 10% of them have what would they, they would describe as bothersome tinnitus. And out of those 10%, 10% have uh, severe tinnitus. So out of every 100 people with tinnitus, 10 of them have bothersome tinnitus that annoys them. And one person out of 100 has severe. Those who have tinnitus, how many have hearing loss? Most have a, some degree of hearing loss, but oftentimes it's slight. So someone who has a problem of tinnitus, oftentimes when they see us, for tinnitus telehealth, they don't have any problems with hearing loss. Even though their test shows mild, high-frequency hearing loss, they say, yeah, they found that, but functionally, it doesn't affect my life. So for those cases, we're considering hearing aids that are programmed for tinnitus primarily, and if there's a secondary benefit for hearing, then that would be, uh, of course, welcome and explored. Uh, interesting. It's very different thing, uh, experience, just just two yeah. very different experiences in terms of the patient path and how, how the, the the care is provided. Yeah. Since we're talking about telemedicine, I'd, I'd also love to hear from your audience if, if they've had any amazing telemedicine experiences, you know, whether it's not just hearing, you know, I mentioned sleep apnea, but yeah. uh, whether it's eye care or whatever other care, like we can obviously learn from other industries on on what's working well. Absolutely. I'm totally with you. For those listening on YouTube in the comments, if you've had any positive experiences with telemedicine, whether that's having a Zoom call with your doctor or some of these more uh, advanced processes for special conditions of shipping technology, using it, shipping it back, having um, communication. Another interesting element is that tinnitus care to some degree resembles uh, psychology care in terms of the telemedicine space. So asynchronous text communication plus interval video conversations. It's how we really modeled our uh, tinnitus program. Yeah. And how successful are you finding the, the asynchronous video? Because 
We haven't done that yet. Not, not asynchronous video. We're just using asynchronous text. Got it. Okay. Because I've seen some asynchronous video stuff. Um, and that seems promising too, to, you know, not just get a written reply from somebody to like in the hearing world, if the audiologist has somebody's audiogram on screen and can talk through it in video, you know, that might be, that would seem more helpful than just, you know, talking through it or typing it. And, you know, a lot of times uh, when we have appointments, people will forget or, you know, they'll have technical difficulties or something. So one thing we may look at is making that video asynchronous as well. So. Yeah, you know, get the appointment. Issue. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a good idea if you can get the technology working smoothly. Uh, internally, we use Loom, which is a, an, an app, a Chrome extension app, and it's a quick little screen share video type thing, and you can send it as a URL link, and that's been very effective and helpful for for people to explain things and more for technical troubleshooting and stuff and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been good to chat. It's been good to chat, Doug. And what are your, what are your company's major interests over the next 12 months in the, in the telemedicine space? We just want to do a lot more of it. <laughs> and so I would say more video, more testing, however we can get people to get tested. We want to dive more deeply into, I'd say calibrated at home testing uh, to see what we can do there. And yeah, bring more of the, the clinic testing to somebody's house. That's where we're going to spend a lot of time. Yeah. Great. Thank you for joining today. And hopefully the listeners here have enjoyed it, taken away something from the conversation. Uh, I'm the host, Ben Thompson. We're here with Doug Breaker of MD Hearing Aid. And we're going to say thank you guys. And I'll see you on the next episode. Thanks, guys. Hey, real quick, before you finish listening to this podcast, this is Dr. Ben Thompson speaking. I wanted to say thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. It means the world to me. I ask you for a quick favor. If you have two minutes, if you could head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review and leave a comment, I read every comment and it means the world to me. If you're engaging and returning some love, I really appreciate that. Thank you so much, and I'll see you again for the next episode. Bye.